Wait, what? You like Queen? Well, put your records on, because we're jamming Queen, baby. Let's organize a coup and take the world back and force our Queen-based agenda. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. He's the smart one. I don't know. I'm here for moral support. And once a week, we chat back to front about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss, Kevy. Seaside Pod Review. Greetings, podcast listeners. This is Father Randy from the Church of Go Fuck Yourselves. Uh, I did just want to, uh, you know, maybe make mention of what we're doing here. So what happens is uh, my good friend Kev and I, we listen to Hello. a song. Oh, it, oh, there's Kev. Uh, we listen to a song and, you know, we've chosen Queen, which I suspect is probably part of the reason why you're here. Uh and what we do is we just listen to that song and we stop it just needlessly, constantly, and we talk about it uh, ad nauseum uh, with completely uninformed and biased opinions. And then after that, then we vote on it. Uh, and it's silly. The format's nuts. It's 50-50. It's almost impossible to make those types of uh, decisions really in the real world because it's just not that cut and dry. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we are doing here tonight. So uh, with that being said, Kev, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, well, what I'll just say straight out the gate is you've never been in sales, have you? You never had a job in sales, have you? No, no, I don't do sales. Why is I mean, that obvious? In, in terms of selling our podcast, that was a fucking abysmal. I, th- I mean, if I was listening to this, I would have turned off by now. Was it? It's a little too flat, hey? I tried. <laughs> I tried to throw a couple of insults in and stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, okay, but no, I think that was a pretty nice. I think that's a pretty nice breakdown. I think that's what we've yeah. been doing, right? And, and I do, I do, I do quite enjoy the fact that that it is uh, just such a ridiculous premise. And, and I don't know how many times you've had this asked, but it, you know, long car rides when you're traveling here, and a, uh, just recently, even someone said to me, "Oh, so Randy, what would you say your favorite song is?" It's like, well, fuck me, I can't say. I have no, no fucking idea. Or what's your favorite band? Well, fuck, I got a lot of favorite bands. Yeah. So, so I just like that it forces it just forces you to say, hey. It's it's a forty nine, so I got I got a toss it, or it's a fifty one, so I got to say it's it's a champion. Yeah. And you know, one thing that you know, as I am the the king of podcast uh, format thievery, um, there's definitely something I'd like to do at some point is maybe go back and revisit episodes here and there where we think you know, like if you voted up or and I voted down or the other way around, um, off menu does it what they call a redemption episode every now and again where they'll get a guest back on to redeem themselves with a shitty menu that they came up with so you know who's, who's to say that we won't revisit some of those songs randy i think at some point when we're further down the line maybe i'll make you re-listen to the prophet song and, and see the error of your ways we'll see <laughs> not letting it go yeah, yeah that's I, I took a beating on that one that was i do believe when i was dubbed mr randy that was when you uh, were dubbed mr randy in episode two which is great and but you know what i gotta say so far uh so far yes i feel i feel just exactly the same way about the no soul you have no soul what you're saying i have no soul you have no soul because i don't like some fucking bloated poopy song from queen (laughs) you're gonna get in trouble again oh mr randy (laughs) oh my oh my yeah so um so you've been working or you uh been obviously we're away doing a bit of a bit of shooting there and i think you think i posted a photo of you doing your looking all sexy in the snow Anything else um, going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I just uh I just played a uh 
There's a program called Sessions here in the province where they record local bands. Uh, I just did one of those. Um, that was with your band? I was, no, no, I was a, yeah, okay. I was a musician in another band uh, 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 for an album that I had produced here in my studio. And uh, beyond that, we have, uh, I have some uh, uh, regional playoff hockey coming up too, and I will be on the road with that. And I'll tell you, if you guys, if you guys think my <laughs> intro was, was exciting, you just, you just wait and I'll tell you all about the SJHL playoff hockey coming your way. <laughs> and that for our, for our English, that's ice hockey. <laughs> oh, hey. I think field, been oh, you do field hockey as well? We, no, we've been through this, and I, I'm quite sure we have been through this and established this for our listeners, is that unless otherwise specified, anytime you say hockey, it's always on the fucking ice. Okay? <laughs> if it's not on the ice, that's when you say it's different, okay? Well, I'm going to put a poll up on the <laughs> Twitter to yeah, find out whether, up, we should, yes, whether we should call it hockey or ice a hockey. A fucking poll up, <laughs> because I am right. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll tell oh, you this. Lord. I'll tell you this. The Canadians will all agree with me. And then all you all you guys in the other parts of the world that are have to make the distinction between ice and floor and field and, you know. So before we finish there, Randy, I'm actually going to ask you what I forgot to ask you, I think in the 10th episode of uh, last season, is a random number between 1 and 10 for us to spin up the B-side part of you. So um, what I think we'll do this time is, though, I've got a random number generator. So after we finish the song today, we'll spin that thing up, pick a number between three and ten for the rest of the uh, this season, and we'll see what uh, which episode we're going to do that. How does that mm. sound? Electrifying. Ele- electrifying, eh? Jeez, didn't think it was quite that exciting. Yeah. Well, hey, you 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 ran down my intro, so I really feel like I had to sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like tit for tat, eh? Exactly. Damn you, Brown. Okay. Hey, so. On our poll via Twitter this week, we have got, uh, and this was for back chat, we have got 46%, well, 0.2 specifically at champion, and bites the dust, we've got 53.8. So, as luck would have it, Mr. Brown, we are on the listener's side this time, though splitting hairs, isn't it, really? That's about as close Mm. as you can get. Yeah, it's the closest we've had so far. And again, another thing, I've been terrible at producing. I've not been doing any of our plot or any of our format points because we'd started, I think one of the episodes we said, well, let's try and guess how the poll's going to come out. And I th- I'd messaged you privately and said, I think it'll be about 60, 40. So I wasn't a million miles away. Um, yeah. But I was still, I don't know, a little bit surprised. We got 78 votes. So there's a lot of people out there who love back chat. Yeah, maybe a little more than I thought, but hey, man. Uh, our good friend, Ian Winnick, says to me, this is thin and unappealing as the bulk of hot space. If they'd used real drums, added some crunchy guitars and spent more than three minutes on the lyrics, it might've been a passable song. Yes, it's an earworm, but so was I should be so lucky. Dust it. Yeah. Damn. Ian, uh, I'm totally with you on, on the lyrics. And I like that you, <laughs> that, they, that they spent three minutes on them. So yeah. Are you, are you familiar with the song? I should be so lucky. Uh, sure. I, I, not just at, by the title, no. Okay, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you because this. Okay, so it's Carly Minogue, who I will fight anyone and say that she is still <laughs> one of the sexiest women on the planet, um, and I still would. Um, and then so she was sort of a, you know when she was when I was know, 15, 16, 17 or something, she was it, man. Like she was the hottest woman on the planet. So I'm just going to play a little bit of this this phenomenal song that's probably overlooked a little bit in the, in the uh, Carly Minogue catalog. 
Let's give, let's give Ashi Bass a lucky. Just, just a quick spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Oh, she's young there. She is. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, hey, yeah, that's a song. Yeah, that's a song. <laughs> and uh, and Kylie is uh, is an attractive lady. Yes, uh, I, I do remember you telling me stories about fifteen-year-old Kevin. You know, maybe what second, third row in with. Uh, his little teenage boner watching the is that your first is your first concert? I think it was my first concert. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Would have been. I think I would have been about sixteen. Oh yeah, sixteen sounds. I think my mum had got tickets. It was like a like a, a not a review exactly, but because he was part of Stock Aitken and Waterman stable, so it was like this. You know, they produced like kind of like Simon Cole back in the day, where they'd have all these right. little teeny bopper pop artists, and they'd take you know four or five of them out, and they'd each do twenty minutes, and they charge. I don't know, like 30 bucks a ticket or some 30 quid a ticket. And yeah, and I went and saw Carly Minogue, and she was wearing a full-length black crushed velvet cat suit, of which I remember every single inch. So, you know, made quite the impression on me. <laughs> so I will hear nothing bad said about Carly Minogue. All right, all right. She's a legend. She's a legend. Our friend Leighton Brown says, a song I've always loved. We're talking about back chat now, not I should be so lucky. Uh, despite knowing and understanding every single flaw it contains, appreciating every argument against it, and its vibe generally not being my thing. What can I say? The heart wants what the heart wants. Played live, though, just brilliant. All right, Leighton, yeah, fair points. So a very, a very, a very succinct comment from uh, Joe. Uh, over. Uh, so this is one of the guys from the In the Lap of the Pods show, okay. Randy. What does Joe yep. say? Joe says... It's not shite, but it's not that good either. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, 49%, 51 and, you know, we're forcing you to, to make those decisions. Richard Hearn, a champion, partly for the live version, but also sentimentally, I was a big fan of this when getting hot space at the age of 11. Also, this combined with the B-side of staying power is still a better double whammy then bicycle race and fat bottom girls. And I, you know, I, I see that you replied with a, a say what meme yeah. or a gift, sorry. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, Richard, great guy um, online. I've, I've been following him since I started listening to the lap pods uh, podcast. And I, but in this case, I just think he's lost his fucking mind. I think he's absolutely completely <laughs> lost the plot. I would have it completely. <laughs> but again, I mean, you know, Music is subjective, so. Of course. Another, another brilliant, succinct um, comment here by David A. Wilson. It says, dated, hated, overrated. Yeah, nice. like it. Uh, and yeah, Seaside Pod Review, which is uh, driven by Mr. Brown, says, almost as concise a review as the famous commentary on Spinal Tap's misguided shark sandwich, which, uh, <laughs> if you recall, was a two-word review. Shit sandwich. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one of my favorite parts of any any movie ever any ever made they can't say that can they it's really yeah. different that. <laughs> uh brilliant our friend brian crozier weirdly a champion for me hated it back in the day but it grew on me drums are shit and programmed by deacon guitar solo ekes into champion uh and the live versions are cool it doesn't sound like queen 
but that's what makes Queen great. Yeah, well, hey, Brian. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, ben Wheeler, I'm not too sure if we've had him on before, but he says, yes, the drums could sound better and played by a real person, but I fundamentally like the song, would not skip. Oh. And Black Pie says, dust for me, thin and cheesy. The drum sound robotic solo is just criminal. As you said on the pod, the sum of the parts doesn't make a good whole. Nile Rogers must have been checking his answer machine to see if he'd missed their call. He could have made this and the album great. Yeah, no no doubt. Nile's probably going, oh, guys, come on. We could have <laughs> sorted this out for you. Yeah. I think we're getting quite a few new people here, Andy, in the last uh, two, three weeks here. Uh, Leslie, uh, at Les CI, says, definitely not a favorite. I've decided my champion bites the dust criteria is if I've got the catalog on shuffle and it comes on, do I hit skip? Now, that's actually a pretty fucking good way of doing it, too. There are definitely some songs in the Queen catalog that I don't always feel, I'm not always in the mood for, yeah. but I don't wouldn't dust in our format. But definitely there are songs where I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to listen to this right now. So that's, maybe that's yeah. not a bad way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Dieter, Champion, one of the best songs on the album. Nice bass line, simple lyrics. What's not to like? Uh, hashtag team <laughs> we're not doing this again we're not starting all this again. <laughs> um i mean you know one of the best songs on the album it, it's it's barely praise really i mean it's you know it's it's, it's faint praise on this album but i uh, will take it uh steve russell come on it's so far away from being attracted by the dust hot space has some hidden gems on it there i've said it and back chat is one of them great guitar parts and a rocking solo and the space drums what's not to love well I'll tell you, Steve, what's not to love for me is those space drums. I just don't dig them on that record. So well, what else can I say? Yeah. Uh, possibly another new commenter here, Steve Junkman. Hot Space Live is so much better. The songs are more exciting, having better instrumentation. And get this, they sound like a band playing together with real drums. I can't say the same for the album. So yeah, the studio version of Back Chat bites the dust hard. Yeah, and we both, I think we both said, right? I mean, when you listen to that version from Milton Keynes, it's like, fuck, yeah. why didn't you do it like this? Now, of course, they were going for the, the R&B thing. They were going for that sound. We know why they did it. Just wish they hadn't, you know? Yeah, well, and then uh, just, sorry, just worth, worth noting. I mean, that that was how shit sounded then. That's They weren't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like they took some crazy left turn, did something nobody was doing. They, that was, you know, that was like an established sound they're going for. And I think, you know missed the that's, mark by my and, by my estimation and that's what we said like and i think i said that on the episode that's what's so frustrating about it is why are queen chasing trends you're fucking queen you don't need yeah, to no like you, you know so anyways i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go off on that tear again um cody sparkles says like most of the stuff on hot space back chat is pretty much meh it's there they put it out and i almost never listened to it the live version sounded much better but that's not saying an awful lot with their one of the <laughs> gifts of larry david who is an extremely funny human being yeah E. M. Ling, it boasts Deacon's best guitar playing and Mercury's voice soars. Well, there's a discussion to be had, which I didn't get into on uh, on Twitter, but I would probably debate whether that's Deakey's best guitar playing. I think maybe Who Needs You was I, I was pretty fucking good, man. The acoustic guitar he's playing on that was pretty great. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, PJ at New Mercury, live version, which I'm glad you listened to, is a champion. Studio version can consume the dust, a trend <laughs> that sticks out throughout Hot Space. It's one of the better songs on Hot Space, but that doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. Thank you very much, PJ. And also, I just noticed that PJ, it just keeps going up and up and up in my estimation because uh, he is, by the looks of it, a Star Trek fan. 
Mm. So you know, and we're not we're not all trekkies, Randy. Before you start taking the piss, some of us are trekkers. We just like the show. We're really into the show. We're not those weirdos who go and you know get implants in their forehead and start speaking a made up language. You know. Mm. So before before you start in, just bear that in mind. Why don't you? Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for setting me straight. Uh, Lisa Malloy says, I dusted it. I've been a reinvigorated fan of Hot Space since 2021 after being disgusted with it on purchase in 1982. But Backchat isn't a song on the album that I enjoy and frequently skip it. Live version of Milton Keynes is superior to the album version. Very nice. All right, hey, our buddies down in Australia, Queen Rocks. Boys, kindly indulge my multi-tweet response. Backchat is a track often... Mentioned when the notion is raised that Queen had been a united band and made better production, instrumentation, and arrangement choices, uh, <clears throat> they would have beaten Michael Jackson to the punch by producing a classic funk, pop, disco, rock hybrid album a year before Thriller. Imagine Backchat as if it were a song on Thriller sung by Michael, as the lap of the Pods boys have said. Imagine Hot Space produced by Quincy Jones. An opportunity missed could have been a Grand Slam home run dust is what he says at the end so uh i i guess is he intimating that uh i think is he it, intimating that uh what's his name wanted to work with with queen on this stuff no i don't think that's good i think he's just saying that you know it had quincy jones been involved in this and sort of you know produced it in the same way that maybe thriller was produced that the songs would have just been handled better you know I by see. someone someone who was actually a that sure. kind of producer who had that ear right and again, but I think it's that interesting thing that, you know, Thriller is a pretty huge album in rock, pop, that, that kind of crossover hybrid type stuff. Yeah. And Queen sort of kind of got the jump on that idea, maybe, with yep. this, but just didn't execute as well as maybe they could have done, right? So I think I think that's what they're what he's getting at. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's and that's great. That's that's such a uh, uh, such a great point to bring up. And I mean, let's not let's not you know, I'm a joke for a second that uh, drum machines and et cetera weren't used on Thriller. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I can't say for sure that they were, but I just would assume that they were. Uh, but oh, definitely, much, yeah. But to much, much better success, right? In my opinion, yeah, hundred percent. But I also just think, I just think most of the songs on Thriller were just. Oh, maybe there was some a lot of just better songs on there. I don't know. Yeah, like I'll get, I might get my Queen card revoked for saying that, but yes, yes. How dare you? And also, as far as we know, none of the members of Queen ever um, inappropriate had inappropriate relations with young boys in their in their um, in their mansion. You know, so. Hey, Kevin, they just slept in his bed. All right, <laughs> come on. <laughs> of course, yeah. Nothing weird about that. That's not even slightly strange. Were you on what? Sorry. Oh, my uh, eight-year-old son to come and sleep in bed with a man with a plastic face. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, go ahead. That, that sounds absolutely <laughs> fine. Let's just do that then. <laughs> Fucking all the thinking, Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. King of pop, oh. not the king of fucking babysitting. Jesus. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, that's all. That, you know what? That's another podcast. Is that what you need <laughs> podcasts about? <laughs> Our Dutch friend Ben says, like I wrote in my other tweet, Queen ain't chic and Backchat isn't rock and roll. Brian's thin guitar sound and the omission of real drums show that Queen lacked cohesion during Hot Space. Backchat bites the dust, including the live version, which sounds strained to me. So yeah, there you go. Um, Lynn Davidson says, I'm going champion on the basis of the live version and the fact that I don't usually skip the studio version when it comes on. Um, that's something that, yeah, because I mean, eventually I'm going to pick up Hot Space on vinyl. It'll be yep. the second last Queen record that I buy when I'm going through sort of rebuying the, the, the catalogue. But 
I wouldn't, I don't tend to skip. There's only one song I've got in all my entire vinyl collection, Randy, and I've told you which song this is. There's one song that I will lift the needle. I will get up off my ass, lift the needle and drop it to the next track. And that is Who Done It from Abacab, which is just possibly, I mean, well, it's definitely the worst song that Genesis ever wrote and <laughs> arguably one of the worst songs that any sort of major artist has ever written ever. So, <laughs> Paul Bradbury says, I, I'm dusting it. It's not the worst song on Hot Space, but I've never cared for it. A decent bass line. But that's about it. Rob Marr. Uh, Dust. I mean, the live version on Live at the Bowl is great. But we're judging the studio version, and that sounds like it was recorded in a pub toilet. <laughs> and you know what, Rob? You know, in, in today's day and age, I could see some guy with his Mac Pro, you know, conjuring up some <laughs> fucking shitty fucking Casio drum loop, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called, it's called, it's called Bog Rock. <laughs> Yeah, you just need some genre. We're just <laughs> just bashing on the side of the cistern and like, oh, go fuck yourself. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, Justin Fotheringham says, "Champions the dust." So I'm confused, Randy. What is he saying? Is he is he voting that up yeah. or is he voting that down? We don't no, know. I, no, well, here I think Justin's saying that it's so shitty. It's a champion of sh of its shit. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's well. I mean, I don't shit. know. Hey, I'm just throwing it out there, man. <laughs> Um, Paul Wobbyoff says, Voted Bites the Dust as against the whole Queen catalogue, it's not one I would use to introduce someone to Queen. A little bit weak in the overall catalogue. The live version does have more energy, though. Um, and Rob Patton says, Champion for me, this is one of my preferred tracks from the Hot Space album. I love the groovy cheesiness of it all. Merci beaucoup! Very nice. Uh, and Fit Light Photography, Ruddy Rutherford. Unlike the majority of Queen tracks, this song, and to be fair, the album it comes from, Never connected with me. I respect what they're doing, but I think they went too far chasing the trends of the era, drum machine, etc. Bites the dust, I'm afraid. And and he adds, I should say, the live version is a banger, however. It seems to be, you know, maybe not universal, but, you know, a majority yeah. comment. And I'm going to assume that Ruddy is not the name that his parents gave him in the hospital at birth. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> no. that's a nickname. Uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, man. Oh. Although I would say there is a gentleman in town who is a soccer coach and player whose name his last name is Riggs, and he named his son Wrigley. His son's legal name is Wrigley Riggs. So you know what? Who am I to say? It could be Ruddy Rutherford. Could be that. Could be the the very name. That could be the very thing. Well, in uh, in in jolly old England, Kev Randy Woods would be like Horny Bush. So. Well, I mean, you know, what can we do, right? We just I mean, are, we got the names we're given. So maybe maybe his mom. <laughs> Maybe his mom said, I'm going to name you after my my grandfather, Ruddy. Well, I mean, I, th I think I posted out on Twitter that um, my wife used to work with a, a gentleman whose name is Randy Bender, which, again, is a name that you just cannot have in England. Like, that's just not a name you can get away with. That just does not work. It doesn't work. Like, you can't do it, you know? Um, Pank says, simply, magnificent. Um, and Alice's dad, Barry John Williams. I know I should vote Dust, but I can't. I have a soft spot for this song. It's a guilty pleasure. Freddie's vocals and Brian's really quite aggressive solo make this song for me. Champion, but only just. All right, let's do a little bit of let's do a little bit of a book of faces, Randy. Uh, Jeremy Walpole says, I've always loved this one. I think it was the first single I bought on release. Didn't get the album until much later. I was still playing the game relentlessly, so it's a champ for me. Uh, Michael J. Smith, who that's, I think he's might be related to Michael J. Fox. I'm not sure, but he says it bites the dust. Didn't, didn't keep his dad's bothered. name off. Didn't, didn't keep his bad dad's surname for some reason. No, I know that's, and that this is why I'm confused. You see, so, uh, bites the dust can't be bothered commenting further on this track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks Mike. 
Nick Cross, Dust. As you said, real drums would have made a difference. The drum solo hurts my brain. Live version's much better. Yeah, that drum solo, man. I still... Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just bizarre. Matt Greenham. There's a good song in there somewhere, as the live version shows, but they never found it in the studio. Shame. <laughs> Gotta be dust for me. And uh, I think I might have made the comment, too. You know, you record stuff in the studio. You don't try it out live. Uh, and then then you do play it live, and you think, oh, man, why didn't we just do it this way? Instead? You yeah. Know, so who knows? Maybe it's even a situation like that for these guys. It sounds like they were disconnected at the time, too. So yeah, maybe that never really ever was achieved. They might have only heard it when the final mix came in. They were like, what? The fuck yeah. is this? I don't remember being <laughs> on this. What's going on here? What's this deaky? Um, <laughs> the Queen Pods admin, Sarah Chapman, says, I'm afraid it's biting the dust for me, but it has been a constant earworm for about two weeks now, so I like it more than I used to. Love this set. Made me laugh quite a lot. Keep up your bants, Kev and Mr. Randy. Looking forward to the next step. So bants inbound. Prepare for more bants, Sarah. We'll, we'll do our best. Thanks, Sarah. Well, um, it's about that time. We've kind of gone through pretty much everything else. We should probably spin this confounded wheel, shouldn't we? Well, for the love of all things holy, let's spin that fucker. Before we do, as I always do, I'm going to ask you, you know, we had a, a controversial track last time, so I think you've had your teeth into a few songs now, that are, or a couple of three that are a bit less sort of beloved. So is there anything at this point, do you want to stay on the, the shit fest, or do you want to sort of get back into some no. uh, red hot queen turd? Yeah, no, you know what? Here, this is. I'm going to say it. I'm going to call it too, because this is what's going to happen. Uh, I have a feeling. Uh, I want, I want a, just a banger. I want, I want just a lights out banger. You know what I mean? Like, like tie your mother down, but not tie your mother down. Something okay. that maybe I don't know of. How about you, Kev? Well, in that vein, I want to listen to an out and out banger. Something like tie your mother down, but not tie your mother down. Something in that vein that you've never heard of. I want to listen to Give Me The Prize. That's what I want to listen to tonight. So the wheel is going to definitely fuck us, but that's what I'm going for, is give me the prize from uh, a kind of magic. So. Bend over to the spinning wheel. <laughs> Bend over to accept the girth. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that's all very silly. Sometimes I get like a bit dizzy when it's spinning sometimes. We're getting some... Well, well okay. Okay, so... We are not getting. It's not a banger. It's not a. It's not a, like a balls out rocker. Um, it's not. Give me the prize. What are we listening to tonight, Mister Woods? Too much love will kill you. From Made in Heaven. Okay, so before I hit remove here on this wheel, Randy, um, yeah, do you know this one? Uh, not by the title. Okay, so we'll bugger off for a moment, folks, and I'll play some sort of cute institutional music here. Maybe something you've heard before. Maybe maybe I'll record something else until tomorrow. Get off my back. I'm doing my best, okay? Um, and then we'll come back after I've done that, and we'll uh, we'll talk about this song. In a world where queen facts matter, two men, one tall, one not tall will scour the internet relying mainly on Wikipedia. Kevin Brown, Randy Woods in Seaside Pod Review. All right. So written by Brian May, Frank Musker, and Elizabeth Lamers at four minutes, 20 seconds long. Uh, 
Yeah, I won't make the 420 joke there, although I guess I just <laughs> uh, <clears throat> By not making our, the joke, you've made the joke. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So with all of our usual suspects, with a, a, a feller named uh, David Richards playing some synthesizers and doing some programming recorded in uh, Montreux and Olympic Sound Studios in London, uh, a townhouse in London, blah, 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 about 88. And uh, also then, I do believe we're talking about the final version uh, at the townhouse in London in September of 1995. Yeah, so that would have been sort so, of mixing and overdubs because they it was originally recorded as part of the Miracle Sessions. And I right. guess Freddie had said it's good, but it's not that good. So it got dropped, which again, I mean, well, we'll wait till, I'll wait till after the song and see what you think about that because you haven't heard the rest of the Miracle yet. But um, it, it's sort of it, one of those that sort of, it ended up being included on Brian May's solo album, Back to the Light, which charted and did quite well, actually. Um, after he sang it um, at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. And I think, I'm pretty sure I remember that being the first time that that song had been aired. So that was the first time any of us heard that song. I'll Maybe just once we've been through it, Randy, I'll, I'll play a little bit of that for you so you can just sort of see it. Because um, it's very stripped down. I think it's I think it's just Brian in the keyboard, if I remember rightly. So I'd have to go back and, and watch that again. But So it's this, it's this different, you know, this different vibe. Um, but yeah, so it was recorded for the Miracle Sessions. So that's why you're getting the... And then when they did the Made in Heaven... Um, when they put that album together, they brought this one back to life and decided that they'd take Freddie's vocal um, that he'd recorded during those sessions. And I think they probably just redid the instrumentation a little bit. So I'm assuming that that sort of counts for that September 1995 date. Just makes perfect sense, Kev. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Even if it's wrong, it makes perfect sense. Well, I know. Once again, truth speaker. Okay, well, you know what? Without further ado, Randy, let's dig into it. Because like I said, I'm, we'll play the version, we'll do our usual thing, and then we'll let you listen to it. And then I want to play you a little bit of the, just a little, we'll just do a snippet of the, the live version from Wembley. Sure. Bill Collins much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. That electric vibraphone piano we kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. reverb heavy. Yes, not a super strong start. Come on, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best here. Come on, Queen. I'm just the pieces of the man I used to be. Too many bitter tears are raining down on me. I'm far away from home, and I've been facing this alone for much too long. And so, you know, as we quite often do, Randy, when it, especially when it's a single, we do watch the sort of the, the video for the thing mm -hmm. as well. And it's, it's always, you know, it's dirty pool, but it's, it's always poignant when you see sort of old clips of Freddie and when they're playing it over top of a ballad, it gets you sort of, it gets you in the feels, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got me right in the feel. I feel like no one ever told the truth to me. I've been looking back to find where I went wrong. It's funny because I remember buying that when this, you know, when they did it at the tribute concert, then Brian put it on Back to the Lights. And I went to rush out and obviously bought Back to the Light because that's the first, you know, new Queenie kind of content since Freddie passed. Unless, unless the cross did something before, but that's the first one I remember. And 
the lyric really, you know, because obviously, like I said, Brian wrote it when he was, it was about himself. It's like it's autobiographical, obviously, um, yeah. and about the trouble he was going through. But you can't help laying it on top of Freddie's condition and then the struggles and all those kinds of things, right? So it's it's kind of, yeah. it, it's hard for me to disconnect some of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, Kev, I was going to ring in here and it's like, uh, you know, holy, holy, holy ballad, Batman. Uh, <laughs> they're just hitting, they're just hitting all the, they're just hitting all the right ballad notes there. But yeah. but you had something to add there? Well, just that, I love the bass. I love Deaky's bass on this. And he comes up, he comes way high up on the, on the neck. Yeah. He's playing those. He's not sitting on the root note all the time on the, on the ones, which I think is always cool. Right. Cause he gives you that bit of suspension through the, through the, cause it's a very simple progression, but he's adding a little bit of dynamic in there just by the way he's playing it, which I think is, again, it's Deaky, man. He's just so, so cool. Yeah. He had a nice little run there. Right. Right. Uh, which I'm assuming that was the build to probably the drums kick, kicking in. I'm only speculating. I've never heard it. Let's hear, let's see what happens. I'm just the shadow of man I used to be And it seems like there's no way out of this fog No, there's no making sense of it Everywhere I go, I'm bound to Again, I mean, it, you know, not the most interesting song musically that we've listened to on the pod, um, or no. that we never did. I love that line, too much love will kill you just as sure as none at all. That's a great line. But Freddie's vocal, again, Christy makes a great fist out of, you know, lesser material when he when he has it, right? Yeah, yeah, he sure does. Uh, and just out of interest's sake, this, uh, this song is in the key of G, one of... Uh you know, guitar players, one of guitar players' favorite chords to play. So, yeah. And that's because guitar players, um, well, famously and notoriously, are very, very lazy people. They only want to mm -hmm. play in one key, right? So That's right. You know, you can take your E-flats and you can take your B-flats. You can just shove them right up your piano asses. <laughs> that's what we say in the guitar world. It's like keyboard players. They just love playing in F. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the more best F, key of all. More F, please.
So I wanted to. We, I'm talked. I'm, yeah, I'll let you jump in, Randy. But I just want to quickly. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something we can do further on in the in the pod. But there's always been a difference to me between the way even Brian's Red Special sounds on these later albums, the way it sounded earlier. It's got a lot less balls to it. Even I mean, I know this is a, a very melodic, very ballady kind of solo, so you can't rip into a shredder. But even just the tone of the guitar sounds, a, it's got a little bit less oomph to it. I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense, or am I just talking absolute crap, crap as usual? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Kev. I don't notice that. Okay. But I mean, there's there's just a number of factors that could 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 change that. Despite having the same guitar, he could be using a different amplifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the tech could have put a different mic in front of it. Uh, they could have used the same mic, the same amplifier, and the uh, the engineer could have put a a, a filter on it and, and 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 cut and cut some frequencies out or something. Yeah. So it's really hard to say without without maybe talking to an engineer or maybe seeing some old. Uh, they used to keep before the days of digital, Kevin. I'm not sure to know this, but they used to keep notes, right? Right. So, like handwritten notes, what was on each track, and what the EQ setting was, and what the compressor setting was, how it was routed out, and how it was bussed out to which compressor, and what the settings yeah. were on all those compressors. Um, so you'd have to kind of look into that to to know for sure. Uh, but I was going to say, because I do believe the last at least one or maybe two solos that we heard by Brian, I, I thought we're, I, I kind of maybe shat on a bit. Uh, but this this feels really inspired. It feels nice. It feels like, uh, it just feels like such the right thing. And and it's and it's just super, you know, played played nicely. And 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 it still it still sounds very Brian, you know, very yeah. very Queenie. So yeah, love the solo. Yeah, it's, and again, I was talking. You know, the only thing I'm sort of critiquing or maybe questioning there is is the the production on the on that guitar, where to my ear it just doesn't quite have the same edge or bite. And again, maybe just maybe that's you just don't fucking maybe it would sound ridiculous, but but yeah, the part he's playing is is swell. I mean, it's swell. The fuck am I a 1930s gangster? The, yeah, where did that come from? I never say that either. I'm just probably the first time I've ever said here. swell. It's really swell. Yeah, see here, huh? That's a really it's swell guitar part there, hey? Some swell playing there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great guitar part. Kev. Yeah. That's the twilight of the song. Twilight. <laughs> but we're not getting into all that again. The last knockings. The, the last knockings of the song, Randy. <laughs> uh, come on. Well, um, you know, we've been kind of doing this lately. Should we just go straight to the vault and then chat about the song? Because I think that um, seems to me yeah. to be the best way of sort of not tainting, not giving anything away. So Yeah, I think we should just get right to the voting and then we can talk about All right. Well, before we do that, Randy, let's go back and just give this one a quick listen through. I'll let you just, you know, while you're tooting away on there on your keyboard, I'll play it again and just listen to it in its completion because then you get that full sense because we should be doing that. And I, I do agree with, I can't remember which of our lovely listeners uh, recommended us doing that, but I think it is important. So we'll give it one more listen through and then we'll come back and vote. 
Roll it. Let's roll tape, Kev. Roll tape. That's what they say in the industry, isn't it? That's right. The industry that they call show. What industry we're in. We don't send on the route, of course. And I think that might be the, well, I'd have to go back and look, but that might be the only time that chord comes in. Because they've gone to like a, it's like a second minor or something there. Like it's a. No, that's, that chord's in there. It is in there? Okay. Yeah. It might just be this, it might be the two chord or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, no, they don't end on the route, which, uh, which is an old trick, right? If you ever wonder yeah, what yeah. key song's in, it's almost always the last chord almost always yeah despite what you start in which whatever fuck you, you're an expert you know these you know these things <laughs> fucking hell. don't don't say that all right kevin so we've just done a full uninterrupted listen uh you and i both and it was magical and you know we held hands electronically <laughs> so what do you vote is this a champion or does this one bite the dust well, it may surprise you, Randy, but here's how I'm going to vote. And before I give you any sort of rationale or reason for that, before I defend my position, I will ask you the same question. For you, is this one of the champions or does this bite the dust? Yeah, so I'd, I'd written down as we were listening to listen to the, the the full listen through again, Randy. And again, it's it's somewhat redundant to keep talking about how good Freddie Mercury was as a vocalist, but this is one of those songs that really highlights it because it's not a it's not a balls out rocker. He's not going crazy, but it shows how much fucking incredible vocal control the guy had, and it's that sort of unique ability that he had, or not maybe not unique, but that that really strong ability to find the perfect phrasing and intonation on pretty much every note, you know, whether coming in just ahead of the beat sometimes or when to crack his voice and when to stay, when to pull it back or where to put his vibrato. Like, it's all just, it's managed so well. And it's you can tell with him, it's just intuitive, right? He just knows how to deliver that stuff. So I just, I'm always in awe of that when I listen to stuff like this. He packs, he packs so much emotion into the vocal, which I think is is key, right? Because I think, let's just say Freddie was as good a singer as he is the emotion that, that yeah. comes across when he sings is what really sells you. The fact that he can really fucking sing is good. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, and, and I would say also, although I really am not, uh, I'm not really a ballad guy. Uh, although I do appreciate a good ballad and I, and they're hard to write and they're hard to write and not, not sound really, really cheesy. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and I think this one achieves this and, you know, we didn't talk much about the lyrics this time. Uh, but I would say there's some, there's some nice ones, you know, uh, I feel like no one's ever told the truth to me about growing up and the struggle it would be in my yeah. state of mind. I've been looking where to find where I went wrong. I, you know, I think, I think those are nice. It's, 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 those are nice lyrics. It's a I mean? solid lyric. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, sort of, you know, it, it's not, it's not slapping in the face with dramatic sappiness. Although, I mean, just by the nature of being a ballad is going to be sappy. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think, but I think Brian did a nice job, uh, writing the lyrics here on this one. So. And it's funny because it's not a it's a ballad, but it's not a love song, right? So it's it's a it's a ballad in the sense of it's a slow tempo. Yeah, it's got the the, the sweep and the, the 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 mood of it's very ballady, but it's yeah. really 
it's quite a heartbreaking song, really. Like you said, when you break down the lyrics, you know, that all, that that verse to me, I feel like no one ever told you, that's all about adolescence almost, which, you know, again, when Brian wrote this, he would have been, I don't know, early 40s or something. I don't know. But it's that yeah. sort of sense of I'm still, I still, you know, his marriage is falling apart, so I still don't know where I belong in the world. Yeah. Even people who have all the, all the riches to make Solomon blush can still be very insecure and not sure of themselves and everything else. And I think that that verse is... It's as, as as well as anyone's ever put it, really. And again, I just I just love that line. Too much love will kill you. Just as sure as none at all. That's a very it's a nice little. Yeah, that's good. Well, and you know, the human condition is not exclusive to poor people and struggling people. Yeah. Uh, even even though Brian was probably a millionaire millionaire a few times over <laughs> at this point, uh, you know, Kev the man still feels okay. All right. He does he does he feel it feels all but over the place. And the thing, uh, you know, and you can tell how he feels because when he plays his, his guitar, he makes it sing and cry. Yeah. And hey, that's why we're all here. You know, and uh, I can see, you know, it would be interesting to hear a version of this with an actually acoustic piano part rather than that, you know, the electronic piano bit, which is probably yeah, like a Yamaha Yama or something. CB it, fucking 200 or something. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't it sound terrible. great. Yeah, it does, it's not yeah. good. But it's it's one of those things where I think the instrumentation in this is stripped back precisely because you do need it's, it's the the vocal and the lyric that needs to carry this song. It's not you don't need much going on dynamically musically because it is about the emotion that comes out of the song, right? So I I, I get that, but again, I mean, I still think that it, it suffers a little bit from that production. But this one's been it's it's always been a song that sort of made me feel quite emotional just because it's always been inexorably linked to Freddie even though, you know, Brian May wrote it and sang the original, but it's always just, I've had that connection, so I can never, I can never disassociate that. Even though I know objectively, as a song, it's very, very simple. Is it a super strong Queen song? No. Um, but I just, there's something about it that really kind of, it tugs on the old heartstrings, Randy. It does, it does. And, you know, I guess it's, I'm just thinking about the comment on the piano because I'll tell you what, these guys certainly could have afforded to roll a grand in the studio and mic up a real piano. But we're talking about, we're talking about 95, whenever they finished this, this yeah. or 88 or whenever this actual piano was recorded. And that sound would have been the sound like, Oh my God, you can't have a piano that sounds like a real fucking piano. It's got to sound like this fucking thing. Yeah. And now here we all are 20, 30 years later going, Oh, fuck me. Why don't you just get <laughs> fucking Freddie? Stick a couple of mics in a fucking baby grand and yeah. just let them do it. Uh, but we don't have that luxury, and that's and that's the way it was. So we can't really. You can't criticize it say, too much. Yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. I was going to say we can't criticize it too much, but then at the same time, I criticized uh, last week the and then the week before the the shitty Casio style yeah. backing track. So, so I don't know. I guess I guess I'm a, I'm a I was going to say a walking contra contradiction, but I'm sitting so. <laughs> well, I think it's that thing of you know. I think it's valid to criticize some of those things as long as you're even-handed about it. And and again, I mean, would they have done that if they'd released this in 1980, 1979? No. Mm -mm. Would they have done it in if they released this in 2023? No. But like you said, I mean, like I said, this as soon as you hear that open, it's like, well, that's just fucking Phil Collins. I mean, he did an entire album, Phil Collins, where every song sounded like that, both sides. He recorded yeah. all of it digitally. There was not a single acoustic instrument on that album that I, I think I'm right on that. So he sort of he did, you know, even the guitar solos he did on synth, Randy. Which anyway, but it's got that it's got that feel of that era, and it wasn't it wouldn't have been out of place. And it, well, it wasn't out of place. No, I when well, it, came, it didn't sound it cheesy had, when it came out. 
they'd have had to have done that to sound contemporary. And and you know what? Yeah. It'd be interesting to to do, and it wouldn't be a hard thing to find out. But it'd be interesting to find out exactly what that piano sample was, uh, because they used it. It was used certainly was not exclusive to to Mr. Collins either. It no, was no, no, just everywhere. And you know what? You listen back. You listen to it now, and it's just like. Jesus fucking Christ! Why? What? Why? So terrible. A real acoustic uh, piano would have sounded so much fucking better. So much better. Know? Yeah. I did like this, uh, the strings though, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're synth strings too. But I didn't mind those. Just that little pad sitting yeah. underneath, just filling out the sound. But that was pretty good. That was quite tasteful. And again, the the drums are reserved, yeah. and Br- yeah, uh, Deke was playing some great bass in this. Yeah, so Deke slides into some cool stuff, and so musically, it's all very simple, but all. Understate deliberately understated, and it's fine. It's just that, just that piano sound. But where last week the drum sound ruins back chat for me, you know, for any sort of any merit that it's got is just sort of trashed by that fucking drum sound. I, I don't feel the same way about the the, the piano on this one, where I, I yeah. wish it was acoustic, but it doesn't yeah. spoil it for me because it still sort of fits the vibe, right? Agreed. Yep, I agree. Yeah, well, I, I will say that I'm I'm a little bit surprised that you went champion. Um, I wasn't too sure on this one when it came up. I was like, "Oh, this could be one that Randy doesn't like." Um, but like you said, I mean, I think there's enough in there that you know the emotion of it—it it, it just can't be lost on a person, you know. So, well, exactly, and and I, I think, you know, I think I I think I stated the things that I you know I don't really like about it. Uh, like I said, number one, ballads generally, whether they're about love or not, are not generally my jam. I appreciate how difficult they are to write uh, and not sound sappy. Uh, and I really think, I really feel like they've done that. You know, I really feel like they've done that here. So yeah, I, I think that was really the, the deciding factor. And, and, and plus, like I said, you know, I had, I had shit on Brian's solos and I think that was a really, it was a really nice solo. Right. And a good lyric. And they took, and they took instead of three minutes to write the lyrics, he took, <laughs> I don't know, maybe half hour. I don't know. <laughs> Just the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Do you want any revisions on that, John? No, no, that's good. That's fine. No, we'll do that one, yeah. (laughs) Done and dusted. (laughs) Done. We're all over. Let's go to the pub. (laughs) Fuck it. We're out. And I don't want to hear any more back chat about it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Let's. Yeah, we got it. So that's our second song, I believe, from Made in Heaven. So we've got kind of through those. We still again and again. I think it's the second. Yeah, it's the second track we've done that were from the Miracle Sessions, but not included on the Miracle. And we still haven't had a song from the Miracle. So for anyone, anyone who's a stats person out there, do whatever you want with that. I mean, I don't know why you would, but go to time. I'll say this though: that wheel is a cruel, cruel mistress. You don't. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. No. It, it'll give you love. It'll. It'll give you. It'll give you hate. You just. You, you, we're at that. We're at his mercy. Well, sometimes it'll give you too much love. Sometimes it gives you none at all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like see what I did there, Randy? I, I did saw a, pod- that. I did a that podcasting. I did a podcasting where we, yeah. like, I tied something back up, and it was what's that called? It's got a a back uh, reference or something, or you know, a callback. Call it's called a callback, right? It's called a callback. And you know what, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's just us fucking podcasting over here, okay? Like podcasting a like a motherfucker. Fucking, fucking pros. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's nothing professional about what we're doing, Randy, at all. No, no. Well, and I think, and I think that we've never claimed claimed as such. So uh, I think we've wow, got ourselves know. sorted there. What are you gonna do? It is what it is. You know, if we did open up the podcast episode one and said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, 
this is going to be the most professional podcast you've ever heard. <laughs> I think we'd have done ourselves a disservice. <laughs> Openly lying to people. <laughs> For no reason at all. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, you know what? I think we I think we we've, we've done another podcast, Randy. We've recorded another episode of uh Seaside Pod Review. But anyway, what we've got to do quickly though, Randy, before we go, is we've got to pick which episode this season we're going to do the B-side pod review and spin up the alternate wheel. So I'm going to just spin up. I've, got, I've gone to Google here, a random number generator, and I'm going to generate like five or six times and just not look at the screen myself and see what see what comes up. So here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Episode six will be the B-side pod review. And also, I think that this season, Randy, we're going to get our uh, one of our friends from Queen Rocks on. So I'm going to try to set that up. Well, that would be super cool. Yeah. Uh, we got some serious time differences to to work out, so I will figure it out. Either we're doing it at lunch, or he's doing it at three in the morning, or so. I don't know. You know, I don't even know. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna a broad stereotype here. I don't think it's ever the wrong time of day for an Aussie to have a beer and talk about Queen. Well, you know? I was just gonna say, yeah, you know, I'm not above getting up at six a.m. and having a beer and talking about Queen. I mean, I'll come over. We'll do it in your studio. We'll, we'll both get <laughs> arsehole at six o'clock in the morning. I'll get one of my kids to come and pick me up. <laughs> Dad's drunk. Come on, get me. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and <laughs> and we're working on fucking Australian time here. What's the problem? Trying to do a podcast. Come pick me up. Fucking grief. Come pick me up. So mean. I'm going upstairs and listening to me tapes. All right, anyway. Yeah, well, let's, um, you know what, Randy, let's let's call it a day because we, we're just getting stupid now uh, as the alcohol starts to permeate our uh, bloodstreams. Um, let's, let's, let's call it a day and give the last word, as we always do, to Mr. Freddie Mercury. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, too much love will kill you unless you're a golden retriever, in which case you're a love sponge desperate for all and any attention. If I was to title this episode, I'd call it Ballad Salad. There you go. I said it. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, why not go check out the Deep Dive Podcast Network? There's lots of stuff on there. This is the twilight of this episode, and we'll be back with you next week to blabber on about this wonderful band. Yes, Kevin. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.